electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Texas unmasked the choice to end a mask mandate in the Lone Star State. We'll hear from Governor Greg Abbott on why he did it and why now. More than 10 million Texans have recovered from COVID and have the DNA ability to be able to defeat COVID. And then on top of that, uh, we are administering more than a million vaccines per week. The vaccines is what will slow the spread of COVID. He says that for Texans, it won't make that much of a difference. Before I eliminated this mask mandate, there really were no enforcement mechanisms for this so-called mask mandate. Plus security concerns at the Capitol and market moves to prove that investors are hoping for the pandemic's end. Watching this very closely because obviously this is a, a, a a vote of confidence in what's happening with reopening. It's Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And we're going to start with the markets this morning. The tech stocks really got slammed once again yesterday, um, dragged the Dow down by about 121 points. That was a decline of just 0.4 percent. The S&P was down by 1.3 percent and the Nasdaq was down by 2.7 percent. That's the second day in a row that you've seen the biggest hit taken on the Nasdaq. In fact, the Nasdaq over the last two days, down 2.7%, down 1.7% the day before. And that's the biggest two-day loss that we've seen in two months. Among the big losers yesterday, you had Netflix, which was down by 5%. Also, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and Alphabet. Each of those stocks down by more than 2%. Technology stocks have really taken it on the chin. This morning, you're seeing some additional pressure across the board. And guys, a big part of this has been this rapid acceleration that we've seen in Treasury yields once again. Yesterday, the 10-year picked up about eight basis points, and that's when you really started to see the sell-off in stocks. It got all the way to 1.47%, and this morning, the 10-year is sitting at right uh, just above those levels, 1.476%. Watching this very closely, because obviously this is a, a, a a vote of confidence in what's happening with reopening, hoping to get back to get the economy reopened, but those quick moves in, in treasuries, that does have some concern about what that means for the value of stocks, and we've certainly seen that play out recently. It hit 1.6, whatever it was, 165, and then it, it you know, it, it yeah. allayed some fears. But now I see it just as people just front running the eventual move higher. I mean, it's like, do you really think it's yeah. going back below 1.4? Or it might, right. it might, it might go to 1.3. It might do any of those things. But I think there's yeah. the notion is okay. We got the ones that we're not we're not permanently staying back down below. Maybe we will, but I think there's just the idea that, look, it's just a matter of time. So why not, if it's going to hit these high flyers and momentum players and all that stuff, then you want to get out in front of it. That's what it looks like to me anyway, that, you know, just, yeah, we're at 147 today, but who knows how long that lasts. But nobody knows. You really don't know. Who knows with with strains and everything else. So, but uh, it seems like it makes sense, doesn't it, to... uh, to maybe take something off the table if rates are headed higher, maybe it makes sense. 
The U.S. House of Representatives won't be in session today. The chamber canceled its work due to security concerns at the Capitol, thanks to a new intelligence warning that domestic groups could present a risk. Some QAnon conspiracy theorists believe that today is the day that former President Trump will walk back into the White House and control the government once again. March 4th was, historically, Inauguration Day. It was moved up to January during the Roosevelt administration via the 20th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. In a Senate hearing yesterday on the January 6th Capitol insurrection, FBI Director Chris Wray offered a pretty stark description of what intelligence officials have to wade through when it comes to domestic terror. There is so much chatter, often unattributed to somebody in a neatly identifiable way, where people are saying unbelievably horrific, angry, combative things, using language about beheading and shooting and explosives and all kinds of things like that. U.S. Capitol Police have upgraded security to prepare for any potential attacks today and beyond. Some scary uh, stuff, Joe. I have a hard time taking that seriously, the uh, walk back. In, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Texas, what QAnon uh, is saying yes, is not to be taken seriously. But, you're a thinking well, irrational human. Yeah, right. <laughs> but right, exactly. they still have the razor wire up around the Capitol at this point. It's nuts, but they right. still have the razor wire up around the Capitol because there I, are people I, who I, actually believe this. Right. I have no idea whether uh, anything's really yeah. brewing or not. I, I don't know, but I, I doubt whether Trump's anywhere near. I don't think he's anywhere near Washington. Uh, he probably won't be walking. No, but he's not doing much to tamp down any of these rumors when he goes to CPAC and says that he still thinks he, he, he right. you know, that he still thinks he won the election. Not doing much right. to help things. Right. Uh, Texas making headlines for eliminating uh, the mass mandate and opening businesses 100 uh, percent. But not all businesses are on board. Starbucks, Target, Hyatt Hotels, CVS, all among the major companies that say they have no plans to drop mask requirements. Uh, other companies, including gym operator Lifetime. Name's familiar. Uh, Albertson's grocery stores, Albertson's grocery stores and a number of local restaurants plan uh, to ease restrictions. Some school districts are now debating uh, whether to drop mask requirements. Uh, Yesterday, President Biden said leaders in Texas and Mississippi uh, were making a big mistake. Being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. It still matters. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, is going to respond. He will join us. He looks more Cro-Magnon than really uh, uh, going all the way back to. uh, I don't know. I, I thought I thought we. Our view of Neanderthals has been elevated recently. They, they were more sophisticated uh, than we thought. I think some of that news has, has come out recently. Uh, but it um, goes Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, and then modern man. Does it not? You guys know? You remember? I, I do not remember. It's been a while call, since I looked at that But chart. if they call you a Neanderthal, I don't think it's uh, it's not a, it's not a it's good not a compliment. Thing. No, I don't think it's, no. I don't think it's a good thing. No, it's not. Andrew, I saw you bring up a, a, an interesting question on Twitter about this, um, being on a phone call last night, and the question oh, you said came yeah. up. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, explain. I, w- I was on the phone uh, with somebody who, who said to me, you know, in a state 
that uh, perhaps prematurely, and, and they were referring to Texas, but others who, who decide to uh, uh, effectively open up prior to the CDC guidance, whether if, in fact, later as a result of that, they run into trouble um, and people get sick and, and, and they need federal help, should they get federal help if they do something that's, that's um, effectively against the CDC guidance? And I just, I posted on Twitter and I, I don't know, thousands of people had all sorts of responses. It was, it was actually fascinating to hear the sort of various uh, views across the, across the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, I'm sure that would bring a... We can ask Greg right. Abbott today. That's we, can ask, we can ask Greg I'm Abbott. Say, you, you can ask him that uh, early on, I, or I'll ask him whatever you want to do. Beyond, it, no, it's right? fascinating. Yeah. It, it'll be fascinating to see. The, the, I think the thing that's concerning is going to be two issues. One is, I think some of, and I was talking to some, some executives yesterday who have um, retail outlets and other things in Texas where they plan to continue masking, just how much harder it may be to to require, even if they require it, uh, to enforce it may be difficult because you're going to, some of them said that it's, it's already hard to enforce it. So it's, it may be hard, even harder still. Um, airlines, as you know, and going to the airport federally, um, you know, if you show up at the airport and, and Austin put a, put a tweet out and some of the other big airports put tweets out saying if you show up at the airport, you're still going to, in Texas, you're still going to have to wear a mask. It just makes it so much more complicated because if there is more sickness uh, in Texas as a result, and, and really we're still, we're, we're like two months away from this, uh, ho hopefully landing the plane, if you will, and, and, and getting rid of this and really r reducing it. If you have people who are, who, who are if, if, if Texas is sicker, and people start getting on planes and going to other places, it, it makes the whole thing that much more complicated. Right. The, the people yeah, are still going to wear them. I, I think the I, biggest... It, it finally happened yeah. to me the other day, I and I, I, uh, I walked into... Uh, I was kind of cheating on my diet. Uh, I had to wait to pick someone <laughs> up that it was swimming, so there's like a pizza place that sells slices, okay? So I admit <laughs> this. And, uh, and I walked in, and... Hey, how you know? Can I have a slice? And, and everybody was kind of giving me a weird look. The guys behind the counter. Did you forget your mask. Forgot my mask. I forgot my mm -hmm. mask. And I went. Yeah, like, just oh. like uh, just like Home Alone. Sorry. Uh, and I went. Right. Oh my God. And um, I'm but sorry. It was weird. You feel naked. Yeah. yeah. And I went out in my car and got it. But uh, and I came back. But well, people give you the side eye. But I will say, have you guys forever forgotten or slip your mind? Yesterday, I started to walk into a doctor's office. I had to turn around and go back because I forgot my mask. I realized before I opened the door, but I turned around and went back and opened and got the mask. But I, I have to say, it does make it much more complicated. To Andrew's point, retailers who are asking their frontline employees to be the ones who are enforcing these things—you've seen it here with school districts or anywhere. A lot of times governors don't want to make this call because it's a politically loaded call. You're going to have people mad at you no matter what you decide. So they stand back and say, OK, it's up to everybody else to figure it out. The stores can figure it out. The restaurants can figure it out. The school boards can figure it out. The mayors can figure it out. And that puts a lot of undue pressure on everybody down the line. This has been something that's happened since the beginning of the pandemic. If you don't want to make a decision, you stand back because you want to get out of the line of fire. But it increases the complications on everybody else who is then responsible for for enforcing these things, because there's not a federal mandate. You probably couldn't do one because of states' rights. But if a governor doesn't take a stand, it makes it far more complicated for everybody else involved. And, and, and we're going to see how this plays out. We will. A lot of questions for... Uh, I'm glad he's on yeah. uh, today. So we can... I am, too. It's going to be a great conversation. Pose, pose, yep.
pose all these questions. Right. He's, 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 you know, he's got, I'm sure he's got some pretty good answers. Uh, uh, we'll see whether, you know, it holds up under uh, withering cross-examination, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Next on Squawk Pod, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, defends his controversial decision to lift the mask mandate in that state. It is very important for Texans to continue to wear a mask. The difference is that for a year now, Texans, as well as Americans, have learned that the safe standard, among other things, is to wear a mask. Because they know that standard, do they really need the state to tell them what they already know for their own personal behavior? That interview is next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm uh, Joe Kernan. I'm Joe Kernan, uh, along with Becky Quick. I'd like to uh, welcome all of you back. And, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Let's bring in our special guest uh, this morning, Tom Farley, former president of the New York Stock Exchange, current chairman and uh, CEO of Far Peak. And we were six feet apart. Two seconds ago. So you are we're, th- maybe this is the new model, Tom. Uh, you are you're upstairs. We're we're, we're closer. <laughs> we're closer than we have been in the last year. So uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but anyway, welcome. It's good to see you. And, and thanks for coming in uh, this morning. You'll be with us to comment on a few things throughout the course uh, of the rest of the show. First of all, let me say I've never been so happy to come to the NASDAQ in my life. Joe. <laughs> well, that's uh, big for you. The to last say time that. I was here was 15 months ago. Uh, what a long, what a long 15 months. So it's, it's, it's great to be back here and to see you in person. President Biden yesterday criticizing the decisions made by Texas and Mississippi to move ahead uh, with rollbacks of their mask mandates. We're joined now by Texas Governor uh, Greg Abbott and Tom Farley, chairman and CEO of Far Peak, uh, joins us once again. He's still with us. Governor, uh, it's, it's great to have you on this morning. I, I know you've probably heard uh, that mentioned, I don't know how many times. Uh, since uh, the, the president used the term Neanderthal, comments? Well, you know, first, of course, Joe, it's not the type of word that a president should be using. But candidly for him, he couldn't have used it on a worse day. Uh, because the day he used that word, his administration has been releasing in South Texas uh, immigrants who came across the border that they uh, refused to test. It turned out there were more than 100 of them who had COVID. My point is this. The Biden administration has been releasing immigrants in South Texas that have been exposing Texans to COVID. Some of those people have have been put on buses taking that COVID to other states in the United States. The Biden administration must stop importing COVID uh, into our country. That is Neanderthal-type approach uh, to dealing with the COVID situation. Another thing, however, Joe, that's very important, and that is these changes that we've seen in Texas are not really that transformative. Maybe to people in New York, it seems like this is a big difference. In Texas, we went from 75% to 100% occupancy. On the the mask requirement, uh, before now, uh, there actually has not been any enforcement 
of the mask requirement. They made it a mask suggestion, which we continue to make wearing a mask a suggestion, and we urge all Texans to wear a mask when they are out. However, this important factor, Joe, and that is if you look at the spikes in the spread in Texas as well as elsewhere, the last spike occurred during Christmas and New Year's at a time when people were not transmitting it when they went to restaurants or businesses. The lead area of transmission at the time was in the home setting, where people were not wearing masks in the first place, and no one has ever mandated wearing masks in the home setting. And so the changes that we're talking about in Texas really are not that much different from where we've been. At the same time, if I could just quickly add, our numbers are, are at lows, four-month lows in, in hospitalizations, uh, in uh, all the key metrics, uh, such as the positivity rate. We're vaccinating. We vaccinated more than 1.2 million people over the past week. Yesterday was an all-time one-day record of 229,000 people. Our seniors, who are most vulnerable to being hospitalized and losing their life, we have about 50 percent of our seniors vaccinated. So things are looking very good in Texas. Governor, the, like so many things currently in this country, there's, there's major divides about everything that we're doing. And the, to sum up the, this one, it's, it's lives versus livelihood, different states uh, different. I mean, it, it even goes blue and red, some people would even say, on, on the, the response of different states uh, to COVID. But one thing is, is certain, and that is what one state does won't stay within its borders. And that's a criticism that you're going to get, that Texas making this decision, if there would be a, a flare-up uh, because of the relaxed rules, it, it's not just going to affect uh, Texas. And that's what, you, that's what you're going to care. How, how would you answer that criticism that you are not in a position to make this, uh, this move when you've got 49 other states or uh, how many are there now? 49 other. We, we don't have Puerto Rico. Yeah, yet, but, but yeah. Very, 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 yeah, very importantly, the answer is math. And the math is this. And that is uh, you could have said that last year. Uh, because the fact of the matter is, last year, th there really weren't any effective medical and scientific tools to deal with this other than uh, people making behavioral decisions. Since then, the, the math is this, and, and that is, uh, when, when you look at the downtrends and, and all of the metrics, such as the downtrends in hospitalizations, et cetera, uh, the downtrends in the positivity rate, the reason for those downtrends uh, is because of the fact that we have something now that we did not have before, and that is the vaccines. Uh, so put it this way, according to CDC standards, uh, more than 10 million Texans have recovered from COVID uh, and have the DNA ability to be able to defeat COVID. And then on top of that, uh, we are administering more than a million vaccines per week. The vaccines is what will slow the spread of COVID. If we, as, we, as we continue to maintain the vaccination process, that is going to be what contains it. Governor, I just wanted to ask you, there, there appears to be dozens of healthcare professionals, um, uh, leaders uh, in Texas uh, denouncing this decision, if for no other reason than uh, sending a signal uh, to Texans that they can take off their mask. And business leaders telling me, and I've seen others, say this is going to make it harder to enforce uh, to begin with uh, in places where they intend to continue masking. What do you tell those people, and what kind of advice did you get from the healthcare community? So, as as it concerns the, the, the mass mandate, uh, what we wanted to make sure is that businesses do have the right and the ability, just as any private property owner would have the right and the ability to establish the rules on their property. Uh, if they want to require a mass mandate, uh, they can. Uh, if not, they don't have to. But but second, and maybe more important than that, 
is when I made my presentation rolling out the program, uh, I repeatedly said uh, that it is very important for Texans to continue to wear a mask. Uh, our health care providers and leaders in the state of Texas are sending the same message. I'm sending that message right now uh, that Texans should continue to wear a mask. The difference is that for a year now, Texans, as well as Americans, have learned that the safe standard, among other things, is to wear a mask. Because they know that standard, do they really need the state to tell them what they already know for their own personal behavior? Then I'll throw this in, and that is, uh, before I eliminated this mask mandate, there really were no enforcement mechanisms for this so-called mask mandate. And so because uh, it is now personal responsibility, it pretty much is similar uh, to the way it was before I issued this order. Governor uh, Tom Farley, it's your old friend. Great to see you again. You, you, good you know good from, to see you again also. You know from our past interactions, I'm a big supporter. Everybody, you know, people are moving to Texas and the economy's doing well. And I understand why you have chosen to reopen the economy. But on this issue of the mask mandate, um, I, don't, I don't fully get the timing of it. And, and I watched your press conference and, and as usual, it was, very, it was very thoughtful. And you laid out the arguments as you have the last couple of minutes. But just why now? Why, I mean, we're so close. Why wouldn't you have waited on a, at, at least the mask mandate? And I'll tell you who I worry about. I worry about somebody who has to go work at the supermarket and some knucklehead comes in with a blazing case of COVID with no mask. Aren't you, aren't you potentially putting them at risk? And I understand what you've said, that you'd like to see people wear those masks. But providing a little more air cover to businesses for another two months, just it seemed prudent. Right. Well, so the, the important thing here is to ask almost a rhetorical question. Uh, and that is exactly when would be the right time? Would it be when everybody gets a vaccine? Will it be when COVID is completely over? And the answer to those, of course, is no. Uh, remember where we were this time last year. We were at a, at a time when it was uh, like 16 days to slow the spread. Now it seems like the goalpost has been completely moved uh, to lockdown and uh, mask requirements forever. Here are, are the metrics. The metrics are the most important thing. From the beginning, the goal uh, was to make sure that we uh, did all we could to reduce deaths and hospitalizations. Uh, and the metrics in Texas is that by the time my order goes into effect, uh, more than 50 percent of the senior population being age 65 and older uh, will have been vaccinated. Uh, and there's going to be uh, a decreased possibility that people of that age group are going to be hospitalized or losing their life. And then beyond that, of course, there's other people that have comorbidities as well as teachers that are getting vaccinations. Uh, and so uh, the, the time is right when we begin to contain this disease and allow people to go back to work and go back to normal. I'll tell you this also, this which is very important. Uh, as you know, uh, Texas is a very large place. Uh, there are parts in Amarillo, Texas, uh, that are closer to four other state capitals than they are to Austin, Texas. And the way people behave on farms and ranches out in the Panhandle is far different than the way people may behave in Austin, Texas. And we have to have the latitude uh, to have differentiation across the state of Texas. And so along those lines, I did put into my executive order uh, that if there were spikes in local areas, uh, that uh, local officials do have the authority to reinstitute re uh, some of these safety protocols to make sure they're able to take care of the citizens in their specific area. Thank you, Governor. Hey, Governor, you mentioned the uh, right at the top, uh, the southern border. Depending on current administration officials, previous administration officials, there is a crisis. There's not a crisis. Can you uh, fill us in on exactly, in your view, yeah. what's happening down there? 
Sure. According to the information that's been provided, there there has been an increase in the number of people coming across the border, and we are expected to see that continue, whether it be those coming in right now or it could be the larger caravans that are coming. The signals sent by the Biden administration does nothing but encourage that to happen more. And let's put aside the whole immigration issue, and let's focus on this health care crisis, and that is uh, we're dealing with a world pandemic, and we're bringing in people from across the entire world that the Biden administration uh, is not adequately testing, not quarantining, not doing anything about to prevent the spread of a pandemic in Texas, but also putting these people on buses and sending them to places uh, that could be near you or Atlanta or wherever. And so th- this is a, a very irresponsible and reckless approach by the Biden administration if they really are trying to contain the spread of a pandemic. In hindsight, on uh, what we've all, uh, you know, been talking about for the uh, the past two, three, four weeks, and that is the grid uh, in Texas. Steps that have been taken to to ensure this doesn't happen again. Absolutely. So the good the good news here is we were able to make a quick diagnosis of exactly what happened, uh, and it, we've already begun to implement implement measures uh, to make sure that it never happens again. First, I will tell you uh, the quick diagnosis is there were uh, two forms of operational error. Uh, of, of, the, of the group ERCOT running the grid, uh, where for one, uh, they, they didn't respond adequately uh, to the winter storm that was coming. They didn't prepare. They, they told all of us they were prepared. In fact, it turned out they were not prepared. Uh, and then second, uh, as the spread between available power and power demand got closer and closer, they should have tapped on the brakes and began some rolling blackouts, which they said they were going to do. They didn't do that. Instead, what they did was slam on the brakes, like slamming on the brakes of a car driving down an interstate highway uh, on an icy road. You're going to crash. And that's exactly what they did uh, when they shut down. Uh, it was well over uh, 12,000 megawatts they shut down. And in doing so, they shut down other power uh, generating facilities. Through that, uh, correcting operational error, uh, imposing things like a winterization to make sure it doesn't happen uh, in, again in the state of Texas, uh, increasing the power capacity is going to be needed simply because of the population and business growth in the state of Texas, and improving communications uh, with the public. Simple strategies like that will make sure things like this never happen again. Governor, thanks. Appreciate having you on today. Uh, much closer to Cro-Magnon, man. Uh, just, just having, uh, I think you did great. And, uh, and, and I think after that, you come all the way to, to modern human. But uh, we, were, we, were, we were discussing that earlier uh, <laughs> this morning. Um, we're ready to discuss anything in this day and age, are we not? Thank you, though. I appreciate your time uh, this morning. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. 
Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please let us know. Find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC or leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Or even better, tell a friend to listen to Squawk Pod. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.